0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is January 8th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today I am sitting down with Dr. Rick and Tim Christ, our partner, our manager for partnerships and church partners. And today we are talking about the sanctity of human life. And the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday is coming up in just a couple of weeks, as well as the very important anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And so, as many people know, this anniversary brings about the church uh, response to what are we going to do on behalf of those. Uh, who have been aborted? What are we going to do on behalf of women who are experiencing that opportunity? And at Lifeline, we value all human life. That's why we strive to demonstrate a life-affirming approach to being pro-life by showing the love of Christ to all people, no matter their circumstances, their past, their age, or their abilities. It's also why uh, we also, as a team, wrote the book Image Bears, which will be available on Amazon starting January the 21st or earlier. We want to also help your church worship the creator of life on January 19th, which is recognized this year as the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And you can find free resources to help your church honor the value of human life by visiting lifelinechild.org backslash life matters, but also it's our commitment to walk with families long after their adoption is complete. And we're excited to offer tips and resources in our alumni magazine journey. Our latest issue is now out and you can find helpful articles about trauma anniversaries and hear from parents who give voice to these challenges. So if you have not yet received your copy of The Journey magazine, then check that out at lifelinechild.org backslash alumni. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash alumni. So like I said, we are here joined by Dr. Rick, our Vice President of Engagement, as well as Tim Chris, the Manager of Church Partnerships and Strategic Partnerships. And Dr. Rick, I'm going to hand it to you because I know you are going to lead us in a discussion on the Sanctity of Human Life, as well as ways that people, like we said, can get engaged with the Sanctity of Human Life resources from Lifeline.
1: Thanks, Herbie. Um, you know, I think when we think about the the Sanctity of, of Human Life Sunday and the opportunity. That the church has on January the nineteenth, um, a, a whole lot of the focus in the church is um, on uh, the issue of abortion, and and really, you know, if we go back and we look at the history of um, even where this Sunday came from and this uh, this observance, uh, you go back to 1984 and President Reagan, and during the Reagan administration, um, President Reagan set aside this day. Um, for us to commemorate as a country um, the Roe versus Wade verdict uh, from back in 1973. And, and so there's a whole lot of emphasis um, that has happened over the years in, in the church's fight for life. Um, but, you know, we really want to uh, encourage the church to be holistic in the way that we approach Um, Sanctity of Life Sunday and that this is not just about abortion Uh, it is about abortion and it is about ending um, that um, you know that that incredible um, evil but it's also about us um, you know thinking more broadly and and really and truly that's um, that's a huge reason why um, we produced image bearers to to be a challenge to the church to um, to go beyond uh, thinking about one issue but thinking across the board um, and and so Herbie I I'd, I'd really be interested for you just to to tell our listeners a little bit about um, the like the whole this idea of a whole life pro life ethic. Um, what What is it that that should set us apart as believers in in the way that we value life um, not only before birth but across the lifespan?
0: Yeah, and so I know that a lot of the reason the Lord led us all on this project of image bears and uh you know like we have said, this was certainly a team approach and a team project. Uh, someone had to have their name on the byline, and, and unfortunately, I guess that fell to me. But uh, what what we really wanted folks to understand to see is that throughout Scripture, this whole idea of being pro-life uh, was given to the Church of God. It it, it was this uh, standing up for life because it was made in the image of God, and and we are therefore fierce defenders of life, and and that does start in the womb. And it must start in the womb. We must defend life in the womb. We have a horrible situation in our country and around the world with a genocide of life inside of the womb. Life is seen as unneeded, unwanted, or life is seen as uh, devalued uh, because of a syndrome or because of an imperfection but we as God's chosen people know that before the beginning of time as Psalm 139 says God knit us together he planned us out uh, there is not a person that is inside of a womb who was is there by accident there is not a person inside of a womb that is there by happen chance and there is not a person inside of a womb that is imperfect and does not deserve the opportunity for life and so we as the body of Christ must stand up for life. The reality of, of our salvation in Christ, the reality of the, the knowing that Jesus is Lord and he is Savior and that we are his children and that he is our God drives us to be fierce defenders of life. And that does start in the womb. But Dr. Rick, really what we were looking at in image bears was not just that we need to advocate governments that we need to advocate around the world for life in the womb, but we also need to start showing that we really do value life. And one of the ways we do that is by valuing life outside of the womb. And so when we, as Christ followers— are caring for orphans, when we're caring for the vulnerable, when we're caring for the poor, when we're caring for the needy, when we're caring for the refugee, when we're caring for others that might look different than us or culturally different than us, when we're caring for children that are special needs and adults that are struggling with special needs, that's when we begin to show that we really do believe that life is precious. Because if we advocate for life to be born, if we advocate for life to come uh, to fruition through the birthing, process, but then we turn a blind eye to that same life that has been born, then really are we showing a pro-life, whole life ethic? And and that's really what we wanted to tackle. You know, uh, we also, not only is it Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and I don't, think it's an accident that even at this time and this political space, it just so happens that these dates coalesce with Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. You know, one of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. stood for uh, was equal rights for all people, uh, that, that God has given all people certain inalienable rights, he says, and uh, that he had a dream that, that all people would come together. This was a pro-life dream, and unfortunately, we're afraid and, and I'm afraid that as a church, we, we become racist conduits and, and havens of culture that we want within our churches, and yet we advocate for the end of abortion. We advocate for the end of, of, of dollars going around the world to support abortion, but yet through the way we act and through the ways we gather and through the ways we talk and through the ways we think, we still have this deep seated racism and uh anti you know uh coming together of cultures I mean, a culturalization that we only want to be around people that look like us think like us talk like us believe like us and and in the same thing like being pro life means not being racist it means reaching out to other cultures. It means reaching out to people who are different than you and showing the love of Christ and joining with them in community and loving on them. And so, you know, that's even one of the the topics that we tackle within this book is if we don't start loving the image bearers of God who are walking around, who are breathing the same air that we're breathing, and we don't start loving them with the love of Christ and defending them and, and standing up for them, then how are people ever going to believe us? When we say that abortion needs to become illegal. How how will they ever believe us that that we really do passionately care for these babies in the womb? And so that is a, a big thing that we tackle in Image Bearers is that we believe in the Imago Day. We believe that all life was created in the image of God. And so we need to start at the womb, but it certainly needs to go all the way until that life has come. And and really even tackle euthanasia. We need to make sure that we're talking about that that life has dignity all the way into the time that the Lord appointed for that life to, to pass.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, that's that's one of the things that as a as a ministry, it really um, you know really shapes our heart is our conviction that um, that all life is precious and while God may have given us the lane to run in um, to care for orphans and, and vulnerable children and families, um, that God is, as believers has given us responsibility to care for everyone and that that the role of the church in this is is really practical. You know, it seems like sometimes we, we have this discussion, and it sounds like a very philosophical kind of discussion. But but the truth is, this is a really practical action on on the part of the church. And so, um, you know, the kinds of things that we need to begin to do as churches is is to be proactive about being in relationship with people that don't look like us and don't sound like us. That we that we do things to to force ourselves out of our comfort zone and and to um, and to be um, in, incredibly um, proactive about you know about creating that kind of kind of tension in our lives. I think um, it it is you know another practical action that the church takes in this is uh, is beginning robust special needs ministries and that's special needs ministries for children uh, but it's also special needs ministries for adults that as we um, you know as we seek to to step out and to, to do those things well we're affirming to the world that that these people that are created in the image of God but maybe um, are not um, you know don't fall within the limits of, of what we would say are average <laughs> that that these people while not being average, are worthy, and and they're worthy of dignity and respect, and. And it, it's uh, you know one of the things that I'm I'm probably most proud of about uh, about being a part of Lifeline is is the fact that the Lord has allowed us to be able to create resources for the church in order to be able to do that, um, and so things like Equipped to Love that we have created and is available on our website under our church resources is is about helping to minister to kids coming from hard places and how we as a church can change our uh, our children's ministry environments. And and change some of the the ways that we do what we do in order to value the differences of of children um, who who may not um, you know kind of fit that idyllic picture, um, but but are no less valuable in our sight and in the sight of God. Um, Something else that we're, we're really drawn to do is, is we want to, to say to the church, we don't want to just say, do this, but then leave the church without a way to, you know, to accomplish um, this idea of honoring the sanctity of life. And so, um, Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about just some of the resources that Lifeline has put together um, to help churches on Sanctity of Life Sunday and, and in the days that follow to really elevate this before the church?
2: Sure thing. We um, so we're excited to to be able to offer some resources, as Rick said, to to assist the church in um, in recognizing the sanctity of human life. And so, one of those things that we've done is we've created a toolkit specifically for this day and. Um, for this observation that includes a small group lesson on John chapter 4. And we get to see Jesus interact with the woman at the well who was a societal outcast. And, um, And so Jesus just interacting with her with deep compassion and with grace and with mercy um, and, and most importantly, with the gospel, like he shares eternal life with her and, and that life coming through him. And we see we, we see a picture of how Jesus gets to do this interaction. And it is a beautiful picture of how we as the church should be that that she, uh, though outcast in in her community, um, she was shown love. She was shown grace. She was shown mercy. She was shown just the whole picture of the gospel, the same that we, uh, have been shown. Um, so that is a part of this toolkit as long as well as a, uh, a, a, a bulletin insert that includes 10 days of prayer that is taken from the image bearers book that we, uh, that we have and that that's coming out. Um, so the 10 days of prayer, 10 points of prayer, different ways that we can pray for, um, for our, our nation, our world, for those involved in, um, in, in ministry to um, to birth moms and um, pray for doctors and to pray for these birth mothers and birth fathers to come to know Jesus and to see the church rally around them. Um, so on the on the backside of that bulletin insert or a few stats um, on abortion, uh, children in foster care, on women, and then also five ways that you can respond to, uh, to this issue that we have at hand. Um, so we, uh, we also have a, um, uh, PowerPoint slide graphic for your church to be able to use. And there's a sample chapter of image bearers coming out, um, that is included in that kit. Um, and also on our page, lifelinechild.org backslash life matters. There's a sermon video by Herbie Newell called the God who seeks the outcast, a powerful, uh, word from, uh, from God's word to the church. Um, and we have a birth mother testimony video of Naomi who that is a powerful testimony to be able to, to show the church, to, um, to see that, um, that all people are made in the image of God and that all people are deserving of this compassion, this truth, and this, this life. Um, and on top of that, we're going to be hosting a webinar for the church on how to get engaged with, with women that are found in unexpected pregnancies, Uh, on January 29th, we'll host that at noon and at six. And you can register on the same website, lifelinechild.org backslash life matters. Uh, and one thing we're doing this year too, is uh, a call to prayer. That'll be every Wednesday, beginning January 22nd, running through February 19th at 1130 AM, uh, via Facebook live on lifelines, main Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash lifeline child. Um, so other ways that we also want to help out is we would love to host an info table on the ministry of lifeline, uh, Um, just ways to get involved in pro-life ministry. Um, At your church, we'd love to conduct an adoption info meeting, if that's a possibility. Um, Speak to your church family, uh, either uh, for a few minutes during Sunday morning worship, during Wednesday night, during small groups on Sunday. Uh, We would love to do that, or to meet with church leadership about how to get involved in ministry to children in foster care, families that are active in foster care, adoptive families, birth mothers, birth fathers and unexpected pregnancies, uh, how to minister to DHR or CPS in your area. So uh, all of these resources are, are available and we love being able to put these out for the church to use. We're really excited about the opportunity to host this
1: Facebook live and the opportunity to rally the church together beginning on January 29th to for prayer, uh, around the church rising up to, um, to honor the, the dignity and worth of every life, uh, in, uh, because of who our father is. Um, as we, as we close down today, Herbie, I want to, I just want to take one opportunity to talk about, um, because we've, we've certainly talked about the idea that, that honoring the sanctity of human life is much more than, um, the abortion issue, and it's much much more against about being um, a, a, against things uh, that come against life but um, but but I think we also want to take the opportunity to say that on this sanctity of life Sunday, um, perhaps for the first time in our lifetimes, we are standing on the precipice of an opportunity to see a a shift in the laws of our nation and to to see a shift in the culture of our nation um we kind of see the the over the horizon the opportunity for um for the overturning of roe versus wade and see those conditions beginning to um present themselves, and that's going to call upon the church to, to be different in the way that we approach this issue. And so I would, um, I'd love for us just to talk about for, for a couple of minutes, what, um, what does the church need to be doing today um, in order to be ready for what it is that the Lord may be delivering into our hands in, uh, in, the, in the ending of uh, available abortion in America?
0: Yeah, well, I I, I think we all believe that that day is at least plausible and in sight, and and not even for political reasons, but one of the things that we've talked about as a team, and we talk about a bit in the book as well, is that we're living amongst this newer generation that is among the most pro-life that has ever lived. Um, Now, they have technology at their hands, they have ultrasounds at their hands, they have opportunities that are literally within clicks on computers to see a heartbeat, to see the formation of a baby in the womb. And as a whole, the millennial generation is, is primarily ma- the majority pro-life in the sense that they do believe that life inside of the womb is life. Now where that gets a little squirrely is we also know that they also as a generation have a high ethic on not impressing your values upon others. And so that's certainly something that I hope and and think and see that as believers, we can be discipling this generation that honestly is going to be in decision-making power. They're in decision-making power now, and they're just going to grow more in decision-making power, disciple them to understand that when you serve, when you really care for, quote unquote, your fellow man, the way to do that is by standing by what you believe and standing for something. Uh, and and that something standing for something is not that everybody can have their own opinion and do what they want, but standing for something is, is having a right and having a wrong. And uh, I really believe that older generations can do that. I think the other thing that we see coming down the pipe is, it's coming to a place and coming to a head because of that technology that even older generations who still want to try to deny that plausibility that this is really life are are having to face the reality that the abortion debate has gotten down to a woman's right to choose. And it's no longer... About convenience it 's about truly a woman 's right to choose, or convenience, I say for uh, you know is this really a baby right uh, and so it 's just convenience on a woman 's right to choose, or you know potentially because the child in the womb has some type of disease or has some type of syndrome and and those those legal debates are not holding water anymore and As we were able to participate even here in the state of Alabama with a a pretty large sweeping ban on abortion in the state of Alabama, you see other states that are following suit with heartbeat bills and Louisiana had uh, a bill and other states are following suit with bills and there's going to come a time when the Supreme Court will hear one of those arguments, they're going to bring one of those bills to bear and I believe, and I believe others that believe, and legal pontificators believe that the court is going to be forced to make a decision. And right now, the court does lean more on the pro life side. And so we believe that there could very well, it's very plausible that there could be a day that we could see Roe v. Wade turned over. Now, one of the things that that means is, and a lot of times we say government shouldn't be our only action, but I will say this, government is important in the sense that if Roe v. Wade was overturned, and I think this is one of the things that people don't understand, that doesn't mean that abortion becomes illegal in our country. It means it becomes a state issue again. And many states have not yet... Uh, come up with legislation on what they would do with abortion and so it's important if your state doesn't have legislation on abortion that that you do something that you advocate your state senators and your state representatives and your governor to to push legislation that would make a decision on what would abortion uh, what, what would ab- would abortion be legal or illegal in your state and obviously our prayer would be that every state would come to a place of, of making abortion illegal but I think that's important for us to know that roe v way isn't like this magical light switch it just means it goes back to state control and to state power which means that many states alabama and georgia and and louisiana and others have already made even new york right in a way we wish they hadn't have gone have made those decisions on that state level but those decisions have got to begin to be made on state level so we've got to advocate for government But then I think we also have to understand and see, because Roe v. Wade isn't a light switch, and all it means is it goes back to the states, that abortion is not going to all of a sudden evaporate from the scene of American life. And so as the church, we've got to do something fundamentally aggressive to start showing that we care for life. And that means walking along uh, the pregnancies of single moms. And it it doesn't mean forcing them or, or you know, cajoling them to place for adoption, it means loving on them, even if their decision is to be a single mom. And it means how do we care for them? How do we wrap around them? How do we help them with job skills? How do we help them with life skills? How do we help them become the best mom that they can become. And that's not always by giving handouts, but that's by our presence. That's by discipling them. That's by loving on them. And that's by inviting them into our resources, into our networks to to give them opportunities that they might not necessarily have. It means that we're going to have to do something aggressive for the way that as churches, we care for children and adults with special needs. And, and this isn't a A segregated opportunity that drop off your child or your adult with special needs, and we're going to go put them in a room and entertain them for uh, a Sunday. It means that our churches are going to have to start understanding what it means to love on children and adults with Down syndrome. It means that our Churches are going to have to be refuges for kids and even adults with with autism and uh, Aspergers and and other types of uh, you know genetic diseases and 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 disabilities and it means that our churches are going to have to be a welcoming place for these adults and these children and and love them and and actually begin to to to. Need them into the rest of our congregation so that they are a part of who we are, that they're worshiping with who we are. It, it might mean that we have to start looking a little bit differently about how our Sunday services look. You know, I think we have this idea today that you step into a Sunday service and the moment that the music starts, the first prayer starts, you can't, you shouldn't be able to hear a pin drop. But we need to understand that when we begin to embrace life, it means that we may have someone in a a wheelchair that is pulled to the front and has um, some disability and will make noises throughout the service. But we understand that that is a praise to our God. And one of the things that has been a, a true delight is, you know, a pastor and friend, David Platt, has started pastoring at McLean Bible Church. And one of the things that McLean Bible Church has done is they have aggressively started to care for adults and children that have special needs. And they don't take them to a certain place of the building. They put them in a classroom. They literally incorporate them with the rest of the congregation. And there's nothing more beautiful. There's one young lady, her name is Marissa, and and she sits on the very first service right in the middle, front and center, And if you ever listen to the podcast, it's funny, McLean Bible Church, I think they picked that one that Marissa is in, and you literally, you hear her, you hear her grunting, you hear her saying amen, you hear the noises that she makes as David is preaching, and beloved, we've got to start seeing that that is the beautiful sound of the family of God, not services where you can hear a pin drop when the pastor is preaching, but services that are active and alive with children that are making noises, with with adults that are are making noises. Even if sometimes they're inappropriate, because what we understand, have come to understand, is that life is precious. And when our churches become a safe haven for those among us who might be seen by society as the, the least among us, when we really become a safe haven, and not just a safe haven, but when we become a family that says we're embracing Uh, all of these people in the way that that the Bible embraces them, in the way that God embraces them, then we start to show and we start to prepare for a day when we're going to have more citizens with Down syndrome. We're going to have more people with disability and disease. We're going to have more children who are homeless. We're going to have more children that have grown up in the projects. And we're going to need to be a place that's a safe place for them to come and a welcoming place for them to come and a place to belong. And when our churches become that, then it's a whole lot harder for a mom that's just gotten a genetic diagnosis, diagnosis to say, well, I don't know what I would do with a child with Down syndrome it's going to be a whole lot harder for a mom who's going through an unplanned pregnancy saying, I don't know where I could go as a single mom to have a community and to be accepted. And so when we even use this word aggressive, it's we don't just need to do it and be silent. We need to be aggressive about it and go out and show our community, "Hey, we want to be a place where you can come." So, I hope and I pray that our churches will not be marked by they have the best worship or they have, you know, the best programs or or they have the best facility or they have the best building or or they do the best services or their their preaching is the shortest or their preaching is the longest. But this is a church that believes in the gospel and All followers of Christ are welcome no matter who they are. And they're aggressively caring for those who are not yet in the fold to show them a place of belonging in the body of Christ.
1: Absolutely. And I I think we're, you know, you, you remind us well that this is an issue of discipleship. This is—it's not a political issue. It's not a—it's not a cultural issue. But it's ultimately an issue of us, uh, of us really learning and and growing in the heart of our Father, um, for for all people who are created in His image, and and that as the church, um, we want to avail ourselves of resources. We want to take advantage of opportunities to um, to learn and to be washed over by the Word and to uh, and to dive deeply into the implications of what it means to live out that conviction. But we need to be. Minded of that conviction and so that's why I'm really thankful for sanctity of life Sunday and for the opportunity for us to set this Sunday aside because because it really does give us the opportunity to focus on that aspect of, of the character of who our God is and and what it is that we're called to uh, in order to mirror that into our world and so um, we we look forward to the opportunity to uh, come alongside your church and to help in ways that are that are effective and proper profitable, um, in order to enhance your church's ministry, um, to all people in your community.
0: Yeah. And even as we close Dr. Rick, I I also want to remind anyone that's listening, uh, there is a great chance that many listeners who are listening to this podcast have experienced abortion either firsthand, uh, by having an abortion that's been performed on them, uh, or, Uh, You know, a lot of times I feel like men get out scot-free, but the truth of the matter is there are men uh, who have either funded an abortion of a girlfriend or of a significant other or who have encouraged or pressured an abortion. And, and the thing that I would remind them is uh, there is forgiveness at the foot of the cross. And uh, there is not just forgiveness, but there's restoration at the foot of the cross. And I think our churches need to also be reminded, especially on Sanctity of Human Life, that there are men and women sitting in our congregations who have a huge stain on their hearts and on their souls because of abortion. And we need to be reminded that there is forgiveness and there is restoration and there is restitution at the foot of the cross. And... And Jesus is calling and beckoning them to come. And, you know, one of the reasons I believe that, that these men and these women feel this stain, it honestly goes back to where we started, is that life is begun at conception. And there are so many also in our world that have had multiple abortions or encouraged multiple abortions or, you know, funded multiple abortions. And the truth of the matter is they may not know the gospel. They may not enter into our churches, but they're feeling that same weight, And so I think that Saints of Human Life is also a great opportunity to make the gospel known to those who have experienced abortion, who have been a part of abortion, uh, to help them know that that this weight that they're carrying, even those that are bragging about their abortions— ah oh, they are carrying a weight on them and that bragging and that advocacy and that passion even for pro-choice quote unquote rights is really nothing more than their guilt being manifested out in advocacy and so let's pray for those who are picketing For pro-life. Let's pray for those who may be on a different political side of the spectrum who are advocating for a woman's right to choose. Let's pray for those who are are insolent about this issue, but maybe are just covering up the guilt and the shame over an abortion. Let's pray that they would see the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would experience the restoration and the rejuvenation, the reconciliation that can be theirs only in the blood of Christ. And so I just I would encourage pastors and I would encourage the church and the body of Christ not to ignore those survivors of abortion, both women and men, to to show the love of Christ to them, to reach out with the love of Christ to them, and to let's just earnestly pray for those who don't understand that they need the grace and the mercy of Christ Jesus to continue past their abortions. And uh, I, I just wouldn't want us to miss that on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And so as a reminder, also, uh, it's our commitment to continue to also walk with families long after their adoption is complete. And we're excited to offer tips and resources in our alumni magazine journey. And so if you did not receive the latest issue, please go to lifelinechild.org backslash alumni, where you can access this material, but also make sure that you sign up for it or request the current issue. It is out, and there are helpful articles about trauma anniversaries and trauma-informed care, and you can hear from parents who give voice to these challenges. So again, go to lifelinechild.org backslash alumni. And again, if you want to get any of these resources that we've talked about, that Tim has talked about, the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday that's coming up on January 21st, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash lifematters. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash lifematters.